0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. (laughs) Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view, so give a tail wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks
0: yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your host. I'd like to welcome today's special guest and a longtime friend, Teody Anderson. Teody served on the board of directors of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers for six years, serving as the president actually from 2004 to 2006. The Association of Pet Dog Trainers is the largest organization of dog trainers in the world, founded by Dr. Ian Dunbar, um, who I definitely plan on having on very shortly, uh, if possible. We just have to connect a date. She's a frequent public speaker at conferences and civic and humane organization meetings across the country, sharing information on training, dog behavior, bite prevention, and volunteering with animals in the healthcare facilities. is also a founding member of the Carolinas Trainers Forum, a networking group of dog trainers in North and South Carolina. She's also the founder and owner of Positive Results in Lexington, South Carolina, and a licensed. Delta Society pet partner, instructor, and evaluator. So she's a busy lady, obviously. So today, Teotihuacan is going to be talking to us about one of her many books, Your Out of Control Puppy. So before we chat with Teotihuacan, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Don't go away, we'll be back shortly. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and
1: bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess. Be sure to tune in when Pet Life Radio goes live from Global Pet Expo, the world's largest annual pet products trade show. March 25th through the 27th, you can catch all the new products coming out for our pets before they even hit store shelves. From the latest in all natural and eco-friendly products to the most elegant in pet pampering and high-tech innovations from companies all over the globe, it's at Global Pet Expo. Nearly 800 companies will be displaying new and exciting products to make time with our pets even better. Tune in March 25th through the 27th for everything Global Pet Expo.
2: So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions, Volume 1, today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com.
0: Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com.
3: Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later.
0: Hi, welcome back. This is Pia Savani, host of Teachers Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome our special guest today, and again, a good friend of mine, Teody Anderson, who will be talking to us today about puppy training so you don't lose your mind.
3: Hi, Teody. Hi, Pia. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh,
0: our pleasure and I'm, I know that our audience will be interested in this because well, you never know, so many people probably got a puppy right after the holidays and they want to know all of the information, as much information as possible.
3: Right, right.
0: Let's start off. This is a really special book. I have to say, one of my favorite puppy books out there. There are so many puppy books on the market, and some of them I have read, and I've cringed at the advice that's given. So if anybody's looking for a good puppy book, I highly recommend this. What made you decide to write about this particular topic?
3: Well, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad it's one of your favorites. That's an honor (laughs) for me. I decided to write it because... I wanted to help puppy owners with that initial frustration that they get. You bring home that cute little fluff ball, and they do everything you tell them to, and then they start to grow up, (laughs) and then they get little minds, and then they start exploring. And what's very normal for puppy behavior, as you know, can be very frustrating for puppy owners. And so I wanted to write a book that dealt with those common behaviors that we see all the time to help people not get so frustrated with their puppies and not want to give them up. And hopefully these puppies can stay in these homes forever.
0: Yes, that's true. And as my audience knows, I'm living with a 14-week-old puppy right now, and we forget how exhausting it is having a puppy around. And I know what's normal, But there are many people, like I said, who who really don't know. They think the puppy's just being just a bad animal in general.
3: Right. And and again, you bring them home and they look so innocent. And then they eat your couch and they eat your clothes and they tear off your wallpaper. And how did you bring this home? It's very frustrating for puppy owners and it is exhausting. You just want naps all the time. Yes, yes. In your book, you talk about some common
0: mistakes people make when they get a puppy. Why don't you go over a few of those?
2: Well,
3: one of them is that a lot of people don't set the rules, consistent rules, right off the bat. For example, if you think it's cute when they're little and they're jumping on you and you let them jump on you and kiss your face and you think that's great, is that going to be a cute behavior that you want when the dog is full grown? If you bring home a Great Dane, is that going to be fun when the Great Dane is full grown (laughs) and still jumping on you? It's really important to set to decide what you want and what, what behaviors you want from your puppy and what you expect from your puppy and set those rules from day one because it's just going to confuse that dog later when for three months you thought it was fine for it to jump on you and then on that fourth month you decided the dog was too big and you didn't want it anymore. Mm. I think that's one of the really common things that that people do. Um, Another one is that they just fail to understand exactly how much trouble those little puppies can get into. It's really important to puppy-proof your house and to go through it from the puppy's eye level and make sure that everything is safe. And just know that if there's something dangling or or easily accessible, that puppy is probably going to want to explore it and put it in the puppy's mouth because that's what they do.
0: Like the toilet paper.
3: (laughs) Yes. It rolls really fun across the entire house. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And I know that from experience because our heater is right underneath the toilet paper and when that heat goes on, that toilet paper is flapping and he can hear that from another room.
3: (laughs) It is a beacon. It is a beacon to a puppy,
0: yes.
3: (laughs) Right. Anything else? I can't think of another one off the top of my head.
0: I'm sorry. Okay. You know what? I could probably come up with a lot because I'm sure I'm making many mistakes as well. (laughs) I think one thing I do want to mention though and I, I know I talk to my puppet people about this they have to make people think well can they do this what are the rules and I always say I don't think there are any rules it's it's your rules what, how you want if, to live
3: right it's if- you want the puppies up on the furniture and as an adult of an adult dog that's going to be okay with you (laughs) let them up on the furniture if you want them to sleep in your bed i do recommend that they be house trained and chew proof first i do recommend that i've had puppy owners call me getting very frustrated because they wake up in the morning and there's puddles in the room and my first instinct is, why are you letting the puppy do that? And it's because yeah. want the puppy to sleep on the bed with them. Well, that's fine, but you have to set that puppy up for success. So make sure that puppy is house-trained and completely chew-proof first, and then allow them to sleep up on the bed rather than getting frustrated with them for doing something that they can't help, especially at a tender age. They're not yeah. house-trained right away. They don't come that way.
0: Great point, great point. We always hear people say they need to be alpha or dominant over their puppy. And you and I have discussed this, obviously, many, many times, as has many of our other positive trainers, we talk about this. So explain this concept to our audience and why we don't agree with it.
3: There are... A lot of trainers still, and people, and veterinarians, and, and groomers, lots of people in the pet hair, uh, pet care f- uh, industry, that think that you need to be dominant, you need to be alpha, you need to be the head of your pack. And modern science-based theory disagrees with that. The truth is that they know we're not wolves. They pretty much know we're not wolves. We have thumbs. We are really the <laughs> ones who control opening the canned dog food and opening the, the dry bags. If we pin a dog. If we flip it over in that old-fashioned alpha roll and stare it down, that's teaching our puppies that we're mean or we're scary or that we're playing. Some puppies think it's great. I knew a little Jack Russell Terrier once whose owners would flip it over because that's what their trainer had told it to do whenever it would nip at them. So what it started doing was nip at them, and then he would roll over on his back.
2: Oh, right, (laughs) right. You don't
3: always teach them what you think you're teaching them. It can cause a lot of fear and behavior problems. It can cause people to get bitten, especially if the dog is afraid. And it also makes it very dependent on you being stronger than your dog. Good point. Whereas the adult in the house may be able to flip over the bull mastiff and hold it down and stare it. Can the topper do that? Can grandma What I prefer is to be a leader in my household, and I can control dogs that outweigh me with my voice. I don't need to be a bully. There's a big difference between being a leader and being a dictator. That's a
0: good point. So how would you define leadership without, obviously, including dominance? What makes a good leader?
3: I think what makes a good leader in a household full of dogs is a person who is consistent, who is fair, and who controls all the good stuff. My dogs know that I hold the key to the pantry. (laughs) They can not in the pantry without me. (laughs) They can stare at it all they want. They can drool. I have a lab. He drools. But but I'm the one who controls it. For example, I prefer my dogs to wait to be let outside. I don't like them to bolt out the door. It's not a dominance issue. When my Mm -hmm. little papillon bolts outside the door, it's because he's really excited to go outside. He's not trying to establish his leadership over me. He's just really loving the fact that he gets to go outside. But it gets kind of crowded at the doorway with all of us going at once. So I've taught them to sit and to wait until I tell them, okay, and then they get to go out the door. That's a leader. I've decided on some rules. I, I do it for my convenience and for safety reasons, and I stick to them every time. If they bolt, they don't get to go out the door.
0: And that's an important point that you brought up. You have to. I did a, a consult with someone yesterday, and and she, they admitted that they were not consistent. Dogs love consistency. Oh,
3: they, right. they
0: thrive on it. And I can see that yes. with my puppy now. It's just like he's so excited when he knows what's expected. And we really need to encourage that in people. I mean, you can be flexible, but you really need to be consistent. And I think there's a difference in the two. Don't you agree?
3: Absolutely, absolutely, and and it's important for the family to be consistent, and I think that's a big challenge that a lot of new puppy owners have, is that one person in the family doesn't want the dog to nibble on them, or chew on them, or jump on them, and another person in the family allows it to happen, or one person wants the puppy to sleep in the bedroom, one wants it to sleep in the laundry room, so there's a lot of inconsistency, and that just confuses the puppy, so they never know what the expectations are, and, and what they're supposed to do.
0: Right. And then speaking of inconsistent, we know that obviously children, their behaviors are very inconsistent, just like puppies. So is it realistic to think that a child can be the dog's leader?
3: No, I don't think. I I think it does depend on the child. I want to always make an exception to that. But as a general rule, I don't think it's realistic. Children are shorter, (laughs) (laughs) closer to the ground. And as any of us who've ever sat down with a puppy know, they think that's automatic playtime. Mm -hmm. But uh, children are shorter. They're also inconsistent. Young children, toddlers, they, they act differently from adults. They shriek. They have jerky movements. They can frighten some dogs. But they're not consistent often as children, as you said. They're like puppies, too. And so I don't think it's realistic. I have had some young people in my classes that were outstanding leaders. They were wonderful dog handlers. So there are some children who are really, really good at it. But they have to be taught, too, just like adults.
0: Right. And the pressure should be put on them when people come in and say, well, it's my child's dog. I don't think the pressure should be put on a child to take all of the responsibility of the dog, the puppy. You know.
3: No, that's not realistic at all. We we have to remember what we were responsible for at that age. Frankly, I don't remember much of what I was doing at age six. Uh, It probably wasn't wasn't full of responsibility, but (laughs) we, we need to make sure that we don't put that burden. Plus, it's unrealistic, and sometimes it may not be safe. I do have parents that come through my classes, and they want the child to handle the dog in class. Well, they have this beautiful petite little girl and she's got a lab puppy that can drag her across the room she can't physically Mm -hmm. control that dog because of the difference in size and in those cases let's have the parent be the handler and everybody at home do the homework yeah it's going to be safer where the dog's not being dragged into another dog's face or the child isn't being knocked over because the dog is just too physically strong for that child
0: Good point, good point. So
3: if somebody comes to you and they say, what's the first
0: thing that I should teach my puppy when I bring him home? What's typically your recommendation?
3: I generally start with coming when called. Your puppy's with you. You can fix just about everything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I also want coming to me to be a really positive experience for a puppy as opposed to the puppy that thinks running away from me is a great game. Those are always a challenge because if the puppy's fleeing, from you and they have a spatula in their mouth or something something dangerous, electrical cords or something. It's very dangerous. So I always teach puppies to come when called, always make it a positive experience. Coming to you should always be wonderful for your puppy. Your puppy should want to run to you um, every time, not you know run away from you or take it to sweet time coming to you because it's ever been a negative experience. I
0: totally agree with you on that, and obviously, when you live with other people in the household, like my husband, he he drops. We, right now, we have a puppy in the middle of the winter, and we've got gloves out because we're always taking the puppy out. There's always boots. There's something, and we can't be consistent. We're not going to be consistent, always making sure that the boots go in the closet or the gloves are high enough up. And inevitably, you know, he's always has something in his mouth. But if you call him to you, he's there. He's there with gloves in mouth which
3: which is awesome
0: yeah and and I think people instead of getting angry at the puppy like you said just call him to you and then reward him for relinquishing it and move on
3: yeah I recommend it all the time I think that's wonderful Logan my Labrador when he was a puppy he put everything in his mouth people get angry at retrievers putting everything in their mouth that's what they do they're retrievers I would call him to me because most people would get angry and chase him well then that's teaches your dog to grab something and run away with it. So I would call him and I put it on cue. I call it bring it. And to this day, he brings me the remote control all the time, whether I'm in the bathroom or doing laundry. He'll find the remote control to bring it to me because he figures it made me so happy when he was younger. And um, Mm -hmm. he's great because he'll pick up anything in the yard. One day he brought back this um, bolt or something. It was was something that that somebody had been using to repair my roof. And uh, thank goodness he brought it to me rather than swallow it. Right, right. It's because I taught him to come to me every single time and it was never negative for him. It was always, he was always rewarded for bringing me things. And yeah, he's a, he's a retriever. <laughs> he's a retriever. You right. also teach dogs not to run off and chew
0: it. That's a biggie. And of course, what does the family do? They chase after the puppy instead.
3: Right. Yeah, right. Good. And when the puppy gives up the item, that's when the fun's over. So it becomes in the puppy's best interest to hold on to it longer next time.
0: Very good. Excellent.
3: Is there anything that
0: you would never
3: recommend training? I don't know, but never. I think it depends on the situation. I will say that I'm not a huge fan of indoor potty training methods, unless Mm -hmm. you're going to use a specific area like a litter box or the newer boxes where you can put sod in them. Mm -hmm. If you train your dog to go on newspapers, for example, puppies don't know the difference between the issues you've read and the issues you haven't read. (laughs) So if, if you've got the Sunday paper on the floor with your cup of coffee and your puppy comes and pees all over it while you're reading it, you can't get mad at him if you taught him to pee on newspapers. Paper. Good so, point. I'm not a fan of newspaper or the wee wee pad trainings. I just think that that confuses the puppy. It also teaches them that sometimes I want you to eliminate inside, sometimes I want you to eliminate outside, and I think that's just too confusing a concept for them to grasp.
0: Right, and it's tough, especially well, you with a Papillon as well. I mean, Papillon pups are really, really tiny, so they might need to start off with it, but but get them to learn to go outside as quickly as possible.
3: Right, right. Or if you do the litter box training, I know a lot of people in apartment living, it's easier. You don't necessarily want to traipse down 20 floors to take your Mm -hmm. apartment out. Litter box, it gives them a defined area to go in that, that's dedicated to that. It's much easier for them to understand rather than a paper-like substance on the floor. Yep. You, you may regret boy. losing your business files if you ever leave them on the floor or on a couch. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If, if you do that. So at least with the litter box, it, it's very clearly defined and uh, it makes it much more, a clearer concept for them to understand. Good.
0: Well, hang on Tiodi. We're just going to take a real short break to hear from our sponsors, so don't go away okay class grab your tuna flakes
1: biscuits and bones teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail right after recess
3: this valuable information comes from your pet there's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood they're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsaddlife.org.
1: How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can
3: offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll free at
1: 1-877-MY-8-PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8-PETS.
2: Hi. For the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on Petliferadio.com.
3: Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio.
3: Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Pet <laughs>
1: Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Ugh. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later.
0: Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Silvani, your host, and joining us today is T.O.D. Anderson, a certified professional dog trainer, author, and lecturer, talking to us today about puppy care. So, Teodi, let's talk a little bit about bite inhibition and the importance of this concept. This is one of our favorite concepts, isn't it?
3: Bite inhibition is teaching puppies that they should not bite down hard on people. And it is a critical instruction to give a young dog because it will benefit you and the dog throughout the rest of the dog's life. Puppies that have not been taught good bite inhibition, if they are ever provoked to bite as adults, their bites are usually much more severe and dangerous than a dog that has been taught it properly. We just can't emphasize enough how important it is to teach puppies this at a very young age.
0: Good point. I totally agree with you on that. It's absolutely critical. And I I think something to add to that, if the recommendation is to, hear this many times, just take hold of the puppy's snout and tell him no bite and eventually he'll stop, not good because you're not teaching bite inhibition.
3: Right. Absolutely. You're also could make your dog head shy if you ever have to reach to treat their ears if they get an ear infection or ever have to pull something out of their mouth then the puppy might pull away from you because that that's kind of a harsh technique to use we want to make puppies happy to have our hands coming near their faces not not flinch back or get angry about it and it doesn't teach dogs not to bite down hard it just teaches them not to do anything at all so it is important to, to teach bite inhibition and to do it in a manner that, that is not harsh or scary to the puppy, because this is natural behavior for them. Puppies right. put everything in their mouth.
0: Yes, everything. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
3: it, it is
0: quite amazing. And, and, and some puppies do ingest things, too, so we have to be careful.
3: You have to be really careful. I've known puppies to ingest things that required surgery to remove, so we, we, we yeah. definitely have to watch these little critters constantly.
0: One way also to teach bite inhibition, obviously, is to take the puppy to a puppy class. So he learns to play with other puppies and use a soft mouth during play. So when do you typically recommend, if somebody gives you a call, when do you recommend that they get started in a puppy class and how do they find the right trainer?
3: If there is a good puppy kindergarten, a true puppy kindergarten class in their area, dogs can start as early as eight weeks depending on veterinary recommendation and and what the, the class involves. A true puppy kindergarten is not necessarily a class that you just sit down when called. It teaches things like this important bite inhibition. It teaches puppies to be confident when they go to the veterinarian's office. It teaches them how to properly play with other puppies. It teaches owners house training and techniques for handling the dog safely throughout and getting the dog used to it. That's what a puppy kindergarten does. It's that critical socialization they need. In order to find a good trainer, my recommendation is they could go to the Association of Pet Dog Trainers website. There's a listing of trainers there, but even more importantly, there's an excellent article on that website, apdp.com, on how to choose a good trainer, the types of things you should look for. You should find a trainer that knows what they're doing, has experience and education in this field. You should find one that is a reward-based, science-based trainer. And go to a class ahead of time. A good trainer will allow you to audit a class without your puppy and make sure that the, the trainer is treating the puppies and the people with respect and everybody's having a good time and you can see where there's learning going on.
0: Great points. Really, really good tips. Now, people obviously they bring the puppy home and they need to buy uh, collars and leashes and all this type of equipment, bedding and crates. So, and there's so many training pieces of equipment on the market right now. I mean, people can get flustered going in there. Is there any type of equipment that you would discourage people from using, and
3: why? I'm not a fan, of course, of the choke chains or prong collars. I don't think those should ever be on a puppy anyway. I also don't use them for adult dogs because it goes against the philosophy I use for training. I believe in using more positive-based humane uh, equipment. I am a huge fan of those new front clip harnesses. I am too. I love those. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people put their dogs or puppies in harnesses because their puppies are pulling and they're choking as they walk them, and they think that if they put them in a harness, that the puppy will stop pulling. Well, what do they hook huskies up the sleds with? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell folks, it doesn't prevent the dog from pulling. It helps them to pull more efficiently. But with the front clip, the, the these harnesses clip underneath the chin on the chest there, they're better at teaching the dog a little bit of body sense about mm-hmm. where, that, where that chest is going. And I find that dogs get used to them pretty easy. Most dogs, you just slap it on there, they're ready to go and they love it.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. Uh,
3: they're really. I've, I've been using them a lot more the last couple of years in class. Yeah, we have
0: too. Yeah, people don't have time. It, it's nice if you can train your dog to walk nicely on leash, but let, let's be realistic. A lot of people just don't have time. So if they need a piece of humane equipment, that, right. that's the direction I would go in as well. Definitely. Right. I just want to switch topics just briefly here. I see that you're involved in pet therapy through the Delta Society. And if you don't mind expanding upon this a little bit for our audience, because there might be people interested in doing this with their new puppy one day.
3: I love pet therapy. It's extremely rewarding for me. It's rewarding for my animals. I have two dogs and a cat. All of them have been Delta Society pet partners. My cat is now retired at age 17. So no. but- I know. He earned his retirement. That's right. <laughs> it, it, it is extremely rewarding. In order to do that kind of volunteer activity, and this is taking your animal to different facilities, healthcare facilities, and visiting with patients, you can start when they're puppies and teach them, not by taking them, but teach mm-hmm. them. Good social skills and bite inhibition and good obedience skills. Teach them to walk nicely on leash, not to jump on people. That's not good when you go to the nursing home to have your dog jumping on people. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that they're very well behaved, very much under control, and love to be touched by strangers. They just have to love it. They have to love people. They should be exposed at an early age to lots of different people, lots of different situations so that they're very confident. And if you end up with a very social dog who's very outgoing and friendly but well-behaved, which is a critical point, then maybe this is something that it's for you. It's it's wonderful, and the dogs get so much attention, and the patients get so much joy out of it. Yeah,
0: they do. It, it really is. It's special. If our audience is not familiar with it, um, I definitely recommend that you go to the Delta Society or many other organizations that certify people because it's rewarding for everybody. I agree. I also see that you are the founder of Prescription Pause. I'd like to hear more about that. I'm not familiar with that.
3: Um, That is our local organization for Delta Society Pet Partners. So the overall program, the international program, is the Delta Society Pet Partner Program. And what that does is it trains people and registers and screens people-animal teams for pet therapy, animal-assisted activities and therapy. And Prescription pause is a group that I founded almost 11 years ago of local pet partners. And what we do is we coordinate visits in my area of South Carolina. So currently I have teams in children's hospital, different nursing homes. Uh, I visit the uh, local hospital uh, emergency room with my dogs, mm. and uh, assisted living facilities, hospice, psychiatric units. And so we've got teams in all these different types of places. Everybody chooses a place to visit based on what they're suited for and their animal is suited for. If their dog loves kids, they go to children's hospital their dog thinks kids are okay but really loves the seniors, like the snuggle with the seniors, they go to nursing homes. It's extremely rewarding. And, again, we don't recommend puppies going to these places because puppies are not house trained and they're very mouthy, which can be very dangerous right. for patients. But while they're puppies, you can still train them for this kind of future activity. It, it, it is wonderful.
0: Terrific. So any
3: new books coming out? No new books coming out. My latest book is called Puppy Care and Training, and that came out about a year and a half ago. And it is available at all online booksellers and in some local pet supply stores as well. Lately, I've been doing more writing for dog trainers, writing curriculums for dog trainers. But I promise if I have a new dog book for the public coming out, I will let you know right away.
0: Terrific, terrific. So where can people learn more about your classes that you offer in um, South Carolina? And
3: obviously, you talked about your books, but about your classes? They can go to my website, which is getpositiveresults.com. That's P-A-W-S. I T I V E, get positive results dot com. And I've got information out there about our local classes and the books and all the other stuff that we've got going on.
0: Well, as we would say in New Jersey, get positive. Positive
3: results. Well, here we say say, get positive results, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. That's right.
0: (laughs) T O D I I wish we had more time, but unfortunately, we are out of time. It was so nice talking to you. Always love talking to you, Pia. Next week, don't forget, click on to our next training session. And special thanks to our producers for making this show happen. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas, as my dog is now chit-chatting right here, and giving her idea that she doesn't like whoever's at the door, please email me at Pia at PetLifeRadio.com. So, until next time, this is Pia signing off. A big thanks to Todi Anderson, and thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. Bye bye.
1: School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet only on PetLifeRadio.com.